0: What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria J. from 12th Street Talk Back, where transparency is our love language. This video is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I receive commissions for referrals to BetterHelp. You guys know that transparency is very important to me because I believe it's the key to communication and bridging the gap in our community. Bridging the communication gap in our community amongst our generations has been very near and dear to my heart for a very long time. I've been working feverishly to spark the heart conversations in our community. As the world changes, people change, things change, life experiences change us. Sometimes it can be hard to express yourself to your loved ones. We all suffer something during the pandemic, some more so than others emotions can be like a roller coaster. That's why I'm grateful to BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable. Via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist is not the right fit for you, for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from an in-office therapy and with therapists who are custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash 12th street. That's betterhelp.com slash 12th street. I've also linked it in the description below. Let's start bridging the communication gap together. Welcome back to 12th Street Talk Back, where transparency is our love language. As you guys can see today, we got some goody, goody, goodies. We got Nalena Kai in the building today. How are you, Ms. Nalena?
1: I am super fantastic, and I hope you are too.
0: I am. You guys know that we always, we do a quick little, did you pour into yourself? And we do a quick prayer on the show. So right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for this opportunity. First and foremost, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, because we know that is new every day. And if it be your will, we'll be right back here tomorrow. Father God, continue to put a hedge of protection around and about us in Jesus' name. Amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. Well, well, well. I'm excited, guys, to have Nalena Kai on the show. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is U.S. Today and Essence and National best-selling, award-winning author of several controversy women's fiction contemporary fiction, Christian fiction, romance, suspense, and even science fiction novels that plumps the death of her unique love triangle and the women's issues. And I love that, by the way. I love that. I love that you have so many accolades. You are also a contributor to New York Times bestseller of the AAA LBC Top 100 Authors. A member of Chicago Vocational Schools Hall of Fame, CVS, Mercedes-Benz Mentor Award nominee, and one of my favorite authors, Ely Harris, author of distinction. You have published in so many houses, and I just can't wait to just dig in to, to, to you to get to know the author, to get to know Miss Kai.
1: Indeed, indeed indeed.
0: So tell me a little bit about the woman that your fans have grown to love.
1: I am a woman that is on a journey, a healing journey because journey is this is perpetual because as soon as you think you've healed from one thing, there's something else that comes up that reminds you that you know your connection to the Creator is absolute. And it reminds you that you need to stay connected. So I'm mm-hmm. a woman on that journey and the people who are walking this journey with me, they are also on a healing uh, exodus as well as leaving some of the traumatic parts of their childhood and relationships mm-hmm. and things that have happened to them. That's the woman I am. I'm real as can be, you know, I love to play Bidwist. whist. I love, I play amateur volleyball. Oh, one One son who's also an author who was nominated for NAACP image award for a book superwoman's child son mm-hmm. of a single mother i am i work uh, nine to five uh, mm-hmm. at a firm but off the books off that time everything else is literary related i love the written word I didn't yes I saying i wanted to be an author but i'm so glad there was a happy incident that led into it and i continue mm-hmm. to write for healing and then my sexual abuse counselor who became my minister, my pastor, uh, her name was mm-hmm. Reverend Renee Cobb, Sessvala Cobb-Dishman. And she encouraged me to keep writing for healing. And I've been writing ever since.
0: You know, I love your book, Transitions. I got a hold of it. You were gracious enough to send me a copy. It was so powerful. It was so moving I, I I told you before I sent my best friend a copy and I'm about to send my sister one <laughs> and it it just got it did something to my soul and if if that's healing a lot of people are going to be healing when they tap into your books like it it just did something to me it brought up great things but it helped me move past some of the old stuff and I just I thought it was a wonderful piece of art that that you did there. I really do.
1: put my I soul really in that do. one. I put my heart and soul in that one. Transition and transformation. Because my story is so heavy, I had to split it uh, mm-hmm. into two different books. And that was a recommendation from my writing tribe because they read it. And mm-hmm. they encouraged me to put it into two- and my editor did. And I was like, I didn't listen to the editor. Then somebody else in my writing tribe read it and said, oh, this is pretty heavy. You're going to need yeah. to split this. And I did. And I put two different fictionalized um Bible stories in there to illustrate the point before leading into my life story. And so it it doesn't weigh on the person so heavy or bring the reader down to the valley of
0: condition in order mm-hmm. to get the
1: point across.
0: You know, when I first started reading that um the story about uh the Levite and the concubine. In transitions, and my first thought was, "Where is she going with this?" And and, but but for people that are not believers or Christians, such as myself, they may not have read that story. So I thought that was just, you know, phenomenal. How you started off giving them a little biblical background, and then you went into your story. And just to piggyback off what you just said, your son's story is amazing. When I read that, I mean, that is that was so inspirational so much courage it takes a lot to um I believe it was a paper that he wrote in reference to uh he he wrote it to his admissions teacher and and got an offer or something to that nature I can't I I don't want to botch it up he
1: he took it was a high school assignment that he ended up writing a book
0: and he Mm -hmm. took that
1: book with him on the HBCU college tour so uh-huh. he gave two separate admissions directors, one at Fisk University and one at Alabama A&M. And then he got an offer to speak at Fisk University, and they gave him a talented 10th award. And after that, they gave him a four-year academic scholarship to go to Fisk. But it's interesting enough, years later, the second admissions director was at a totally different school. It uh-huh. ended up cycling back into my son's life. And it helped him to go. It was There was South Carolina State. Before he Uh. back home to Chicago and finishing up at Columbia, he did all of these wonderful covers that you see behind me. So, grab he got his degree in graphic design.
0: You know, I read that too. I read that through too. So you got a powerhouse behind you, and of course your circle of friends. I read that. Um, I for I got notes on how you 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 that. Gosh, I just it was just so inspiring. I encourage all my listeners, please, all my 12th Street talk backers. You got to go get this series of books that she put out. Yeah. Did your son make you write your first book or is it something that you had been pondering all along and you just decided to do it? Or or, or who, who decided to be the first writer in the family?
1: It was me. And I didn't grow up saying I wanted to be an author. I met a guy online back in the days when Microsoft had that network where we played cards, gaming online. It was mm-hmm. it was... Uh, hearts and other games online i met this guy and he wrote some we went to private rooms and he wrote me poetry then it was erotic poetry and then he sent me this uh two paragraphs of all these wonderful wicked things he wanted to do to me and i sent back 10 pages of techniques he needed to brush up on things he needed to learn. (laughs) and those pages that i pinned to him over the internet became um the first the last chapters in the book that I, the first book that I wrote. And then wow. my minister, my pastor, she was my sexual abuse counselor, but first she was my boss. Then uh-huh. she was my sexual abuse counselor. Then she was became my pastor. Then she became my best friend. That she was the one that encouraged me to write for healing purposes. I write mm-hmm. longhand, yellow tablet, even today, yellow tablet, blue ink. Mm-hmm. And I wrote six novels within a two year period using the characters to illustrate some of my pain but also mm-hmm. a purpose. And that became my passion.
0: That was that was one of my questions to you. Do you write about yourself and any of your characters? Because
1: almost, almost all of the all of my books have a splinter of my soul in them. If it's not in the characters, it's in the situation, or it's mm-hmm. in how the situation was handled. But most of the female characters plus size, um, women, um with different issues family issues childhood issues marriage issues even though I've never been married for some reason I can manage to write ticked off ro- wife really well I don't I don't know where that came from yeah. <laughs> but I heard that moment, it's like wow but there's a splendor of my soul in every book
0: well I know for my listeners they don't know but I know how many books have you published and the series that I got into the transitions the transformation I know that was a part of your story and your healing journey, but for for my listeners, how many books have you published and put out there? And all, are all of them standalone books, or do you have series? You know, for this this for your healing and series for the erotic or science fiction or or, or what categories do you put them in?
1: Actually, there's 37, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: even the ones that are in series that have been written as standalones. We have the Kings of the Castle series, the, mm-hmm. Kings of the Castles, Queens of the Castle. Uh, we also have the Pleasure series. Each book, even that, mm-hmm. my, that I with my writing tribe, they are written that no matter which way you pick them up, we want you to have a full story in that one book, and you don't have to read any other books to see how the story ends. I don't believe right. you can pay for another book to in the story that you just paid for. So even the ones that are in series are standalone, but a great deal of my books are standalones. And then the ones that in series, you can still read them with no need to read anything else, but we hope that you enjoy it enough that you would, because we have the Mary Heart series, which is the inspirational fiction slash memoir line. And then we have the Grateful Heart series. And if there's a book in that series, those two books in that series, there's three in that. But Survivor, which is written by Stephanie M. Freeman, I have never seen an author that writes her pain in such a beautiful prose. Mm. It was like an accident way, what do you call it, a train wreck waiting to happen. You couldn't look away, but she did it in such a way that it didn't land such a heavy blow. Mm -hmm. And her story is phenomenal but how she got to the point where she was able to write her story is even more phenomenal that's another time we'll do another thing on that but my son's book inspirational book wisdom blessings from Mm -hmm. imperfections that just his journey from and it's for youngsters to read parents and youngsters to read if your child is struggling in school and Mm -hmm. he tells of his journey through uh, struggling with that and being abandoned by his father and all of those things. And he uses mm-hmm. the Noah story to illustrate his point. Yes.
0: I thought that was just super, just that was just perfect how you did that. Thank because, you. It, you know, as a reader, and I read a lot, you know, and I was quite honestly in reading your bio, I was like, oh my God, Ely Harris, I love him. I mean, I'm 16, 17 years old, I'm 51 now. And I was reading those books and mm-hmm. Eric Jerome Dickey, and you know. <laughs> I'm telling, those were my world, wild girl, bad girl days. But I mm-hmm. won't take nothing from them. I mean, everybody <laughs> has a story, everybody has a journey. I ain't ashamed of it. So, <laughs> but I loved it. I loved those books, and I was just so surprised when I when I seen that uh, distinction was one of one of your books and I was like wow I mean I miss him the late great but wow I I mean I was just so impressed with especially with the fact Amazon and New York best time seller I mean you you got me hooked and and I'm probably gonna have all your books before before it's all over
1: indeed indeed
0: well in transitions it was a powerful book and and the in the way you started off with your biblical characters but you also um you talked about your true mother, your biological mother, your son a lot and a lot of your circle that 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 came together in your healing process. You also talked about your spiritual journey and what we call the chitlin pot <laughs> um, down south here yeah,
1: yeah. chitlin circuit yes indeed
0: yeah the well yeah how did you um did you come to some type of conclusion in your search in your healing process in all that's,
1: of that and in, in that that my relationship with god does not is not associated with a religion or a building right.
0: mm-hmm. that's an
1: absolute thing because what if i can't set foot in the church Right. What if I, you know, my whole thing is I needed to go through all of that because I needed to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off uh, Baptist and then mm-hmm. I was Methodist. And then I went, I, I was apostolic for one day. And then, <laughs> um, well, I was in the Terry room for like five, six hours one night. And Trying to get the gift of tongues. They had me saying, Thank you, Jesus, all over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Five hours in that room, and I never got the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that I was saved, you know, because mm-hmm. that was their sign that I was saved is that I would get the gift of tongues. I left church after that. I went and joined the Nation of Islam after that. And
0: mm-hmm. there was
1: all Sarah Set. And then from there, uh, New Age, New Thought. And my thing is, then I end up non denominational at a church mm-hmm. that embraced all of that. Uh, and I also researched Baha'i. I mm-hmm. love my grandmother was Baha'i. So that faith was just very peaceful and very loving. And I I, I love that. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take religion. I went through all of that and I can write about all of that. But when I wake up in the morning, it's not about religions. It, it's I'm grateful for excellent health and strength. I'm grateful for peace of mind and prosperity. I'm grateful for all things great and small. And then I start naming off mm-hmm. people. Uh-huh. Then I start naming off the things. And before I go to sleep, I am grateful for what I had done and what mm-hmm. I have so mm-hmm. that I don't take any anxiety into my sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I go to sleep with gratitude and I wake up with gratitude. That's my religion.
0: You know, I can feel that because in in, in my walk with Christ, and I am apostolic. I am, but the the whole speaking in tongues, I do speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. My, but my I want my my audience to to know a personal relationship with God like you said earlier it's not about the building mm-hmm. because what if the building's not there just w- when you wake up just be grateful that you have eyesight you have ears you have limbs that you can walk so and and i think back in the olden days the chitlin circuit days um we were taught a lot of stuff that we had to do
1: exactly
0: and now a lot of our youth is pulling away from even just a relationship with our heavenly Father, or a spiritual relationship, ho- however they want to say it, and I think that's because they see us do one thing,
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: see us do another outside of the church, yeah. and we have to get back to that. So I love the way that you look at that. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. So, out of all your books, which one is your favorite, or do you have a favorite?
1: I do. It would be King of Arabia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it is a interracial romance and he is muslim and she is christian or mm. non-denominational as it is and just the the relationship should not exist because he's royalty
0: right um,
1: but the way it all unfolds is just a it's a wonderful thing it was built on my trip from i went to dubai mm. and so i was able to write that book based on my experiences over i had an amazing time and wow. then i went back uh, last year and we took 70 almost 80 people with me to Dubai, mm-hmm. uh, and next year we're going to Holland and Greece.
0: Oh so, wow!
1: But that King of Arabia is my favorite. Open door marriage is a favorite. Loving me for me is a favorite. Those are my top three. But I think you will enjoy my time in the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a first lady who does not believe in God. Wow! First lady who does not believe in God because of the tragic things she went through in her childhood, and mm-hmm. it's actually not my story. It is my sister's story. It is my niece's story. Um, niece's story. She, they were both victims of child sex trafficking. My mm-hmm. sister at 17, my niece at 14, and then another niece is written in there. That was to me, um, was a predator that got to her as well. Mm-hmm. Even though I think the family condoned it, but it's all written in there. And what's really interesting is I'm telling their story, and I'm the only one alive out of the three. My two nieces and my sister. I'm the only one alive to still tell that story.
0: Wow. And you have quite a story yourself.
1: Yes.
0: And you guys, I encourage you to go out and pick up transitions and many, many more. But I read this book and I got to the part and it was in the very beginning where you said, you heard that right. I got adopted by my biological mother. And I was like, what? (laughs) I had to reread it (laughs) again to make sure I didn't leave a word out. And as you started to explain it and your journey with the, and I think we've all had something like that go in our in our black community, you know, mental abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. But your story from the time you were born to grown adult with your own son and he's doing amazing things, yes. that alone just got me just hooked. I just how, how do you feel about, how did you feel when you sat down to start, put all that stuff on paper? Did it bring back any triggers for you? Um,
1: no, um, it didn't because I've been walking this journey, this healing journey a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this little scar I have on my knee that I got when I was in second grade when uh, Kenneth, I still remember this dude, this young guy's name, chased me in the schoolyard with a butter knife
0: and I fell
1: over this this uh what do you call it a street hump Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I skinned my knee I remember how I got this injury but it's so healed over I can touch it I can poke it I can do whatever and it doesn't hurt anymore Mm
0: -hmm. that's the
1: way some parts of my life journey feels at this point that even telling it and I knew I was telling it to help other people
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: it did not trigger me there are some things that made me cry, and it wasn't the past.
0: Mm-hmm. It was the
1: people who helped me in the present state that brought mm-hmm. tears to my eyes because that's what brings me joy. You know, my relationship mm-hmm. with my son. You know, I mean, he's the parent in the relationship now. You know, he watches me in the camera going in and out of the house. I see an awful lot of fast food walking in. I was <laughs> in the ocean, lay off the sweet tea, or you're going out of here in that dress, you know. So he's the parent in the relationship now. And it's,
0: it's, he's the protector.
1: He is, he is. And he's got an amazing, amazing wife. And I I don't worry about him anymore. You know how we sometimes worry what's going to happen if our children, if we're not here. Right. He's got a wonderful wife and they are so balanced and so equally yoked. I mean, it is amazing. I live my married life through them because I've never been married.
0: I read that.
1: Seeing how they approach it from a friendship level, from a support level, you know, there was one time he had to put me in check and I saw something, you know, she's very body positive. So she had a, mm-hmm. on Instagram, she had it, well, she covered her naughty bits, but she was butt naked. Mm-hmm. And, and it came up in my feed, and I was like, hold up chief. And all I could think was, well, wait a minute, that's Jeremy's. That's my son. And mm-hmm. so when I told him that I, I said, I'm not trying to be judgment. I understand why she did it. But you know, the only person that's supposed to see all that in my mind's eye is the husband, and he says, "Mom, I get where you're coming from, but you have to understand, she was hers before she was
0: mine."
1: Mm. Oh, look at the time! <laughs> mm. You know, he he yeah. understood her reasoning for needing to do it, and mm-hmm. he supported her in what she needed to do. I mean, she didn't show anything. But, right. see, you know, we got roles and all of this stuff that it took her a lot. She's the woman that I wish I had that level of confidence when I was, mm-hmm. I'm just now getting that level of confidence, but I'm not going to be on Instagram with my stuff all out. But I'm just right.
0: Well, you got that level of confidence definitely in your books, So we definitely want to buy into that. I did read about the proposal and how you was frantic about whether it was going to rain or not. And yes. we do that as mothers. <laughs> Ooh, he was like,
1: it's not, he proclaimed that it is not going to rain. It is mm-hmm. not going to rain. I had never seen God answer a problem because they had predicted it. And normally when they predict snow, rain, whatever here in Chicago is going down. He, he was like I don't care even the clouds was out whatever just in time for him oh. to do what he needed to do for us to all get down there for him to do what he needed to do it was amazing
0: well I got some more things for, for you you self-published mm-hmm. you self-published and I think a lot of our listeners a lot of people that such as myself because I wrote three books and I've not done anything with them. Um. How was that experience? Because you talk about a lot in your book about going down to the Black Expo, I believe it is, and self-publishing and then um getting with a publishing company. I think your son also got with a publishing company. A
1: yeah.
0: Yes. And you talked about um how all of that worked. And for my listeners, what, what was the best experience and what was the worst experience that you got out of publishing with a big company? and self-publishing, what was your experience with all of that?
1: So for self-publishing, I'm glad I self-published first
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I knew what I was getting and I knew what I was giving up when I signed with the major house. But I mm-hmm. wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone through the editing, the cover design, the, uh, all the administrative parts of it and all the marketing parts of that. Mm-hmm. I would not have known any of that unless I had done it myself. Mm-hmm. So I do encourage people to self, if it's a book of your heart, publish it yourself. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get that book of your heart out and you're ready to broaden your reach outside of the, your circle of influence, when you're getting with a major house, that they put the book in places that you can't as an independently published author. Mm-hmm. So it's in libraries, every, in bookstores and chains, everywhere at once for at least the first few months. And uh-huh. you got to make sure that those books fly off the shelves, or they're going to uh-huh. put you on a backlist. Uh-huh. So the best part of it for me was that in, in self-publishing, it was the control. The worst part of it is does not get the same distribution and um, the eyes on it that you would if you were with a major house. Now uh-huh. with signing with a major house, you give up quite a few things, even control of the cover. Uh, content. If you don't finish the book, they can bring somebody in to finish it. And mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot going behind the scenes, so you need to be intentional about your your journey. Self publish, mm-hmm. then get your numbers up, build your brand, mm-hmm. audience, get a readership following, get all of these things together, then go hat in hand and say, hey, you know, I, I you know want to deal with the house, but they're going to look at money. Says that they're not looking to pick up people, they're looking to pick up more money.
0: money. Yeah, you know definitely. Yeah, well, with your with your brand and all the wonderful books that you have done, um, how many of them did you self publish? How many of them did you go through publishing? I mean, was that something that you just fell into and decided to do, or
1: it got really tough for self published authors way back in the day when Borders and Walden Books were in? We used to could go to a store and say, "Hey, I live in the area. Can I do a book signing?" you could talk to the general manager and do that. Mm -hmm. But it got to be a point, we were outselling, independently published authors were outselling some of the people from the traditional publishing houses. So now they put some things in place where your books had to be in distributors and you pay so much per month for your books to sit on the shelf. It became a lot and it was harder. And I said, "Oh, I don't wanna do the self-published thing anymore. So I did self-publish Every Woman Needs a Wife, 50 copies. I printed 50 copies.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I read that Expo,
1: book Expo America
0: and mm-hmm. I gave away
1: those copies and I got a book deal and I did the same with my son's book we did it at the same time we both got a book deal uh, I read that too <laughs> at the same time because we did that and there's things that happened because of it that would not have happened if I was still self published so also Open Door Marriage was picked up by an imprint started by with T. Billingsley and uh, Victoria Christopher Murray, Brown Girls Books. Uh-huh. Uh, I sent, actually, I sent my book in for editing uh-huh. with Victoria because she's a, a fantastic editor. And she was taking forever to send it back. And I was like, I don't know if it ta- I'm an editor. It don't take this long to edit a book. I didn't right. realize she had something in place. So she was holding on to it because she didn't want me to self publish it. She wanted me to be the first book that they launched with their new publishing house. And so I was published by them as well as Simon &
0: Schuster. So how does it look from your point of view with 37 books behind you, best-selling author, all these awards? How does it look now? Because I know, and I encourage my audience to go get her books so you'll know. I know your story. How does it look from your eyes now? What would you say to your younger self? today
1: about all your life your your your
0: your your life as an author all of it just all of it just going down memory lane what would you say to your younger self that was going through all that hurt all that pain at the time and to see yourself here now
1: it wasn't your fault it wasn't your fault The thing that happened with your mother, you know, she did the best she could by me. And I didn't find out the truth uh, until I wrote my second book, She Touched My Soul. And I wrote in the story. What would it have taken for me to forgive my mother for the things that she did to me? So I wrote that into the story. And my other mother read it. And she thought somebody had told the truth behind my birth, which is Mm -hmm. I am a product of rape. Uh-huh. And my mother did the best she could by me by giving me away to her sister because her sister didn't have any children. She wanted uh-huh. children. Uh-huh. And she thought she was giving me to somebody who would love me. She didn't know a plan that my, my aunt would go to prison and uh-huh. I would end up back in her house. Uh-huh. A, a daily reminder of the thing that her, you know, horrific uh-huh. experience. So I got understanding and I got healing. My From this whole thing, it was not, my fault that's what i would tell it's not your fault uh-huh. that those three words would it's be your fault what i would need to hear then but also too there's a lot of people who don't get understanding and get closure at least in this lifetime i understood why uh-huh. it isn't that she was just mean on purpose she was just and just mean to me only not to anybody else my brother and my sister she was mean to me i understood it didn't necessarily mean i appreciate it you know, but I understood it and an understood it and give that forgiveness.
0: You talked about forgiveness and being able to visit um your true mother and be being able to forgive. And I know that felt wonderful to you. I I just I I I cried, I have to tell you. I mean, I I kept stopping my myself and tapping my husband and saying you have got to read this and let me read you a little bit of this it was just it was so powerful and I'm glad that you made it through all of that I'm glad that all the wonderful things to see your accolades that you've done it just it does us proud so when did you learn that language had power well see that that's a
1: different question because I was actually on the train and Before I published the book, I would give chapters of my book to uh, different people on the train. They were my first supporters. And I watched as this woman read, I think either it was chapter 16 or 17 of my first book, I watched her husband orgasm right there on the train. That's when I knew, when you say words have power, they Mm -hmm. have power. But I also Mm. have to be careful with my words because I learned in every when I wrote every woman every woman needs a wife um, that I went into too much detail in telling my truth. I went into too much detail without any understanding that the person absorbing it on the other end could be triggered or impacted. You yeah. know, back then there were so many women coming out with their stories and with their truth. We didn't know that we should scale back. You can give the the story without. Putting the details in it that can actually harm someone. Those two incidents helped me to understand the power of the written word.
0: I've read that in your book. You said, without giving too much, going into too much detail. I think one of your friends you said taught you how to scale back a little bit. And I thought that was a beautiful thing because I too, I like to tell everything. And and I I have a good friend, I call her my therapist. And she, she is always telling me, Victoria, everything is not for everybody to know. Some things you keep close to your best. So I resonated with that. I resonated with a lot of it. So tell me, what does lit- literary success look like to you? The literary success
1: that I'm going for right now, uh, I'm getting book deals for myself and for my writing tribe. I have Mm -hmm. 20 members of the tribe and then we have 20 core members and then we have eight main members. Those Mm -hmm. people, I'm focusing right now on getting the book deals, getting movie deals, those sort of things. Um, That's what literary success that everybody in my wheelhouse, everybody in my writing tribe. We all mm-hmm. cross that threshold and are published by a traditional publishing house, and that we can write for a living, and travel together, and have fun.
0: I know. I heard how you get. You, I read that in your book how you 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 give back, and you sometimes you supported people to take them on different trips and gave out laptops. And I just thought that was a beautiful thing, especially for someone that desires to write. Mm-hmm. So tell me what kind of what what body of work can we look. Forward to from you next. In addition to all your other thirty-seven accolades, and I hear from Goodreads it's a little bit more than that. Um, how to how does that differ? Because I heard that <laughs> different editions. It different can, Sometimes edition. they
1: count the same um, the same book, but different editions they may count it differently. Like the mm-hmm. self published version of Every Woman Is a Wife versus the traditionally published one. Or mm-hmm. open door marriage that was with uh, brown girls, and the open door marriage that's published by the Macro Group. So mm-hmm. there, there is that's sometimes the discrepancy. And then there's some that were put out. One that was put out that I pulled back because I needed needed some more time with that book because of the subject matter is extremely deep, and mm-hmm. we needed to I needed to pull that out, rename it, tone it down some more uh, in certain aspects of it because it was pretty. Some of it was pretty brutal uh, and Mm. like, okay, let me, let me learn from this process and tone it down. So that
0: that was my next question to you. How do you write? I know you write longhand. Do you need that quiet time? Do you need a certain, is it just a thought that pops up and you say, we're going to go with, and I'm going to write down this thought and then I'm going to put it into how I see it.
1: Every book has a different journey for writing, like my time in the sun, you know, that one with the first lady who does not believe in God, um, and her journey that came about because it was one opening line that started that I cut him until I felt better.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the opening line
1: of that book. I think I read that
0: on Amazon. But I think
1: I cut <laughs> him until I felt better. I had to have a book published for my event, the Cavalcade of Authors, I, uh-huh. I had three other, two other books or whatever in editing. And my uh-huh. editor's name is Janice. She came back and said to me, Nelena, we could put this out, but it won't be Nelena Kai Standard. Uh-huh. So I had to scrap that and write this one from scratch. That's it's, So it's a shorter book. My Time in the Sun is a shorter book of mine. And that puppy came within two days boom, I was writing. I started with, I cut him until I felt better. And then my sister's story came through. My nieces, uh-huh. both, it came through and my spiritual journey and my faith, my shakiness. Where uh-huh. was God when all these horrific things happened to me? You understand what I'm saying? This is what uh-huh. the first lady, she wasn't a first lady when she, you know, he wasn't a pastor when she married him but he was uh-huh. called while they were married. She supports uh-huh. him in the journey, but in her heart of hearts but there's something that happens in that book that is absolutely beautiful because it isn't about him converting, or it's not about any of that. It's not about pushing anybody. It's not about pushing religion. Mm -hmm. It is pushing that I made a vow to this woman and I will leave my church here. Church can handle itself, but I made a vow to this woman and before Mm. God. And what happened, what, what had happened was, I went to the Adler Planetarium and that's where all well, the planets and all of this stuff, and they uh-huh. sit in this auditorium, and they have the galaxies all over the walls, and it surrounds you all above. And it made me wonder. I was like, oh my God, are there are there the same God on each planet of people and all of this thing? It's more, and it just hit me. God is bigger and deeper than what we can fit into that one book.
0: Uh-huh.
1: My time in the sun kind of illustrates that in. Uh-huh illustrating the faith and the love that this pastor, this minister, his name is Tony, which is also the name of the love of my life was Tony. Mm. And it tells a little bit of how we met in there. So I was yep. able to put that story together. That happened. Every Woman Needs a Wife was written uh, four Fridays in a row, eight to six o'clock, eight o'clock at night, six o'clock in the morning at a little hole in the wall on the South side of Chicago. It mm. was the DJ, so he was my ride home. Every book and imprint is different. So, and there's maybe something that sparks it with the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I wrote five novels within a month. Mm. But I realized four of those novels were not just mine. I realized, and it didn't, wasn't revealed to me till I got the core of it out. Mm-hmm. One belonged to my other niece, Jennifer. So she wrote her book, her first book. And when I say amazing, Lady of Jeffrey Manor. One of them was with my nephew, who is um, a tattoo artist, a famous tattoo artist. He's on mm-hmm. Blackie, Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Shogun. So he mm-hmm. has his book. So I wrote that with him. Then there was the other one, Knight of Irondale. His was mm-hmm. Knight of Grand Crossing. My son was Knight of Irondale. But I had started recording my son's experiences a little bit before when we were on our way to volleyball, because he had wanted to write another book. He had a couple of few under his belt, but he had wanted to write another book. So Uh I had some of his work already compared and paired it up with some of the things that I had to add, but it was mostly his stuff that was Uh able to fashion it in for his book. And then we had the other, the fourth book I was writing with my daughter. Now I ended up having to put Stephanie in on that one, because at that point in time, my daughter was going through some things. Uh She couldn't complete what she needed to do. And somebody else that was new to the tribe. She came in and we started from scratch and took out the stuff that references that came from my daughter. And we, and she's love related, not blood related. Uh-huh. So in that, it was a different aspect of how she, how much she wanted to put on the page. But when Stephanie came through, she added a, a suspense element to it that just elevated the story and it became something different. So different that she ended up writing a spinoff, Queen of Shadow Bay, based on one character that she met in that book, in that book, Queen
0: of Shadow Bay is Powered. Wow. You're going to have me getting all your books. <laughs> well, Nelaina, what would you say to someone that wants to be a writer, that wants to start this journey, wants to be an author, want to tell their story? What, what, what would be your advice to them? Pick up a
1: copy of my book, The Right Stuff. Mm-hmm. The Right Stuff. It's 18 of my tribe writers. We Tribe has written chapters in this book to tell of their writing journey and Mm -hmm. give you their experiences according mine as well my son as well all of us in there that you can see and get the inspiration and the nuts and bolts of what you need to put your story on paper so there's the right stuff then there's a book I wrote with my son the blueprint for writing and publishing and then there's Mm -hmm. a third book called the marketing stuff
0: Mm -hmm. you have
1: those three you got a good start on getting Mm -hmm. your book done
0: Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for allowing us to interview you. And and we'd love to have you come back and dig into some more after I read a couple more of your books of of your story. (laughs) Tell my audience where they can find you. I know we can find you on Amazon, but can you give us a My website is
1: one-stop shopping, www.nalenakai.com, spelled right behind me. And for people who are just listening in, it's N-A-L-E-I-G-H-N-A Nalena Kai, which means the determined one is present. Mm-hmm. I'm on social media, all social media as Nalena Kai. If you just search the name, it'll it'll come. Mm-hmm. Up. And I have a free mm-hmm. book, I actually have six free books on my website, including one oh, nice. by Sugar Ain't So Sweet.
0: I seen that, and you know I'm gonna get those. <laughs> and two cookbooks there's two of
1: them my cookbooks. So yeah, really the office, what are yeah, we cooking?
0: cooking? cause cause we're vegan, right? No, no, no? I, don't,
1: I don't eat pork,
0: but I will, no pork. I'm off
1: red meat though. so mm-hmm. but yeah, I've got my kick butt macaroni and cheese recipe in there, and my sweet potato pie recipe. I make my sweet potato pie with eggnog if it's wintertime, and if it's not, I make it with Bailey's Irish cream so it's smooth. I'm gonna
0: have to get that. I'm a cooker.
1: Yeah. So all the authors have put their favorite recipes in there along with an excerpt of of their book. So, and it's free. So six free books on my website, on the page, you go scroll down and you'll get Sugar Ain't So Sweet and a couple of other uh, novels as well. Necessary Evil by Stephanie Freeman. And I think Mm -hmm. I forgot the other one that's by Shakira Rashon. but my page, my website, first page, scroll down snatch up those free
0: books Snatch up those free books you heard it my audience my 12th street talk backer thank you so much nalena kai for joining us it was an honor to have you on my show please come back again don't be a stranger i would love to do this again i have so many questions you guys you heard it here nalena kai best-selling author you can go to her website you can also Find her over on Amazon where she has six free books that you guys can snatch up. But support, support, support. Snatch up some stuff that costs some money too. We like that. We we like the things that fold. (laughs) With that being said, you guys have a blessed day. Peace and blessings to you all. Until the next time.